0: Alternative bad Chicago.
1: Chicago's number one podcast. Chicago. Man, we will the city of Chicago. Alternative Chicago. Ch- Ch- Chicago's number one podcast. the audio city This is episode 88 of Alternative Fact Chicago. This is Behan back again. I'm solo right now. Uh, This is going to be a great episode. My homie Kate is at a LinkedIn event this week, so you know what is okay. I am very excited about today's episode. Got a very special guest, a previous guest of Alternative Fact Chicago, one of the best minds in sports media. We'll have him on here in just a moment, but I'm back again. We are very, very close to 80, 100 episodes. I'm sorry about that. And I cannot wait. We're going to have a special episode coming up. Many people did not think that Alternative Fact Chicago would reach 100 episodes. Look, we're still here, surpassing a lot of podcasts did not make it. But they'll remain nameless. But we're going to stay humble and rock with it. But we appreciate you all for listening and supporting the show since day one. So before I get to our guests, let's plug our social media. First of all, you can always find us on Twitter at 8FactChicago on Facebook. At Alternative Facts Chicago. We do thank you for all the engagements on there. Um, we make a lot of posts. We get a lot of comments. So we do thank you for that. Um, also, you can find us on Instagram at Alternative Facts Chicago. And then my Instagram and Twitter is BHUN1984. Once again, that is B-H-U-N 1984. Um, you can always email us, show ideas, and sponsorship ideas to our email account at alternativefactschicago at gmail.com. Please, please keep the support coming. We are on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Podbean, anywhere you can find our podcast at Alternative Facts Chicago. So really appreciate you. Make sure you support us. Subscribe wherever you can. And please, please keep leaving reviews. We've definitely added more. Uh, We appreciate more. We always check them out, good, bad, positive, or negative. But we always check them out. So thank you. Thank you so much for the support. Before uh, we get to our special guest, we do have to plug Sunset Music Festival coming up here in Tampa over Memorial Day weekend. Alternative Fact Chicago will be in attendance. I cannot wait. So one of my favorite artists, Cascade, will be there. We have Zed's going to be there. Elen- Elenium's going to be there. Uh, Zed's dead going to be there. Much, much more. You can find tickets still online at, at smftampa.com. Once again, that is smftampa.com. Com. Make sure you get your tickets. Alternative Fast Chicago will be in the house. If you see us, make sure you come and say hello. Definitely one of the bigger and better EDM festivals around the country. I know summertime festival season is starting. So we appreciate the opportunity to be there. We'll definitely be showing love and hopefully have an artist interview or two set up. So that is to come very shortly. So Memorial Day weekend, make sure you check us out. Check them out. SNF Tampa for Sunset Music festival now that we got the fun stuff out of the way i cannot wait nba playoffs are going on nba drafts coming up very soon i've been checking this guy out on twitter known him for a little bit he's been a previous guest on alternative fact chicago we got amazing feedback the last time he was on the show so you know what perfect time to bring this guy back on we gotta say hello welcome back to alternative Facts chicago mr rashad phillips how you doing today sir
0: I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me again on this wonderful show. We appreciate
1: you. How you been doing today?
0: I've been doing fantastic, man. I I can't complain. I'm in
1: 85-degree weather, so uh, (laughs) NBA playoffs is on. I'm feeling good. And you know what? We just talked about it, but I recently just moved to Tampa. Life's good. The weather's awesome. Chicago's an amazing city. We'll always have love for that city. and still right there, but man, being in Florida, warm weather, you can't beat it, as you do know. Can't beat it, man. Can't beat it. Absolutely, and and you just had a birthday, so happy birthday to you! I appreciate it. Thank you. Do you feel a year older, you're wiser? Or do you feel the same, or how you feeling right now? I
0: feel I feel a year wiser and a a year less. young
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, I bet the jump shot is still as wet as it was from the very first day, though. Yeah, for sure. The jump shot never leaves. <laughs> I, you know what? I will not doubt you for anything. So. First of all, if you not follow him on Twitter, he has posts all the time. And I have no idea why. And I comment on your post sometimes. And yeah. I'm like, bro, this guy gets literally everything right. And, and, and if you do yeah. not know, his nickname is Yoda for that reason. He has a, just a crazy knack for predicting things that have occurred in hoops from college to high school at the NBA level. So you've you got to fill us in on one of your secrets. What yeah. do you do or, or what do you know that other people do not know? Um, I just,
0: <clears throat> I just think that I've, I've been tied into basketball for so long that I have uh, intuition where I can just feel what's going on. I can, I can fill out the, the play of, of, of different teams, of different players. And, and it, it just results to me sharing a little bit
1: of that knowledge, uh, through social media. <laughs> so why hasn't a, a team picked you up to be their general manager yet? Like, what the hell's going on, NBA? You got to get it together.
0: Yeah, it's a great question, man. I'm I'm definitely open to sit down with, with teams. I, I, I believe that the skill set that I have and, and what I provide, I could be a, a, a huge asset to an organization.
1: You know what? All things are possible. One day that just may come to fruition. And we started that here on Alternative Fact Chicago. It makes sure you remember that. Absolutely. <laughs> But you know what, Detroit Pistons, your move, I, I, I didn't mean to say it, but you know what I had to say it, Detroit Pistons, your move. You, you got to get this guy on board because we're going to talk about the Pistons a little bit later, but you know what, I think they can make some changes. You might be the right person that can help them with that. Absolutely, I, I could see that. <laughs> one day, one day. Now, switching gears, we got the NBA playoffs, obviously. we got a couple game fives tonight, so I know you want to get to watching that. But before we talk about specific teams, Players overall, I'm sure you watch every game. You deep dive into every series so far. What, in your mind, has been the biggest surprise of the NBA playoffs so far?
0: Um, I think the,
1: <clears throat> the surprise of the playoffs ha-
0: has been the poor play of the Golden State Warriors. Um, okay. I don't think they've played relatively well, even though they're tied, you know, and they play tonight, obviously, but they're tied. And I just think that they haven't jailed properly like they normally do they don't look like a championship team right now and also on the other end you have to talk about uh the Toronto Raptors they they look they look well um Kyle Lowry seems that looks like he's gotten over his uh his playoff woes and um the Raptors look like the team to beat and the Golden State
1: Warriors look like they can be beat Do you, so you you really think and I I know we've seen this in playoffs past you mm-hmm. really think in a 7 game series even with the Rockets, I know it's 2-2 two two right now. You think one of those teams, whether it's the Raptors, Rockets, Bucks, one of those teams can take them out in the seven-game series. Yeah, I do. I do. I do believe. Okay. That. Okay. And speaking of the Golden State Warriors, I'm glad that you mentioned that Steph Curry, you know, elephant in the room. He has not played that great, and obviously, he does have. You know, a dislocated finger. Maybe that's a little bit of an excuse, but he seems to be playing second fiddle and almost handing off the reins to Kevin Durant. So do you think he would much prefer or just plays better without Kevin Durant? And why is that?
0: Yeah, I think he's struggling for a few reasons. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the, the finger or what have you. But, um, you know, playing second fiddle to a guy that wasn't on your team a couple of years ago, that's that's a hard transition. And I, if you look at Steph Curry's history, he's never had to be the second option. I mean, when he went to Davidson, he was the man. When he got drafted at Golden State, he was the man. And then all of a sudden, Kevin Durant comes on, and now he has to take a little bit of this backseat role. Not only taking a backseat role, mm-hmm. but also his role has changed on the team in regards to he's not the number one option. He's standing in the corner. He's doing a lot of watching. And Steph Curry is not effective when he's watching other people play. He's more—he's most dangerous when he's moving without the ball, when he's dancing with the ball at the top of the screen. Um, he's right. not been able to play that way because Kevin Durant has been playing a lot of iso ball as of late. And that's why I think Golden State um, is vulnerable right now because they need to get back to allowing Curry to be the number
1: one guy or at least switch it you know, back and forth between him and Durant. And you would say that, funny you say that because, you know, having Kevin Durant, you know, one of the top two players in the world, you think they'd be better. But do you feel that almost they're turning back into like the Oklahoma City Thunder of old where it's just Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant, you know, standing playing iso ball when that's not how the Golden State Warriors have been built? Uh, Do you see some similarities to where, yeah, they may still be winning, but at the end of the day, that could be a detriment, you know, to the organization or how they're playing in the playoffs? What's your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I, I think that right now what we're watching, we're not watching the Golden State Warriors. It just looks like a Carmen copy of Oklahoma City where, you know, Durant was the guy playing one on one and he's showing the world how terrific and how phenomenal of a score he is. But at the same time, um, you're, you're taking your, your teammates out of rhythm in that same breath. So. Yeah, I, I see a lot of the the iso ball, and I just doesn't. I don't think that it's beneficial for the team. I think it's great for Durant, but how the Golden State Warriors play, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's necessary there. I, I think Curry wants his own team again.
1: I feel that, and even with Clay Thompson, like he's kind of third fiddle, which he's been okay with, but I feel like his body language just just. Is- Seems a little bit off right now. I'm not sure. If yeah. Test or have noticed that too. So you know, w- what's his future there? You know, he hasn't been shooting at well. He's also standing in the corner, or is he just an effect of you know the the ISO ball that's been going on right now?
0: Yeah, I, I I I really believe that Steph Curry and and Clay Thompson, I think they've huddled up and just said, "Hey, man, we can't wait till this guy leaves." Because, <laughs> and I just think I just think the the NBA is better when you spread out the talent more. Um, you know, Clay Thompson mm-hmm. was. I mean he was drafted there. Uh, uh Curry was drafted there. Draymond Green was drafted there. So those those are homegrown development guys for that franchise. And I just think Kevin Durant came in as an outsider, but he was so good that right. they didn't accept it. But if Durant leaves, I, I believe goes Golden, Golden State will will have to pay Clay whatever he wants to keep him because Curry and Clay together. Um, They're just so dynamic. You can put anybody else at that small forward position. Remember, they won 73 games with Harrison Barnes. Right. Small forward position, and they lost in the game seven of a final. So they've already proven that they can play, you know, without having a dominant small forward. They can just have a respectable
1: one. Well said. So going forward, I know it's only the second round. Do the Golden State Warriors get eliminated to Houston, or, or will they hold on and make it to the conference finals?
0: I think they win in seven games, um, but I think it's going to be ugly, which it has been. I, I predicted this going in. I just said, hey, this is going to be an ugly round of basketball. Um, and a lot has to do with, you know, the the long jump shooting, the attempt to, to draw fouls that James Harden does. So it's going to be an ugly one. But I think
1: Golden State wins this in seven games and it's going to be ugly. Uh, I think they hold off, though. I agree. I, I definitely think that they'll win it. Um, not, I think they'll still win the NBA championship, but it's definitely going to be closer than people think. One of the Eastern Conference teams that are playing great right now could give them the run for their money, and we're going to talk about that just here in a minute. But switching gears to Boston as well as Milwaukee, obviously they're playing what game five tonight. I know we talked a little bit off air about that series, but let's talk about Kyrie Irving. And and I don't know if you noticed, but his body language just seems a little bit off, and even in his press conferences. He seems to think that it's okay. It's not really his fault. He's playing fine, even in a loss. But is he showing that he may be a better Robin as a point? You know, when he played with LeBron James in Cleveland, as opposed to a Batman and running the show. Like, or or it's just that the Greek Freak is just playing on another level. So it just doesn't matter who's on Boston right now.
0: No, I I just think that um Kyrie Irving is who he is, and I I think that the general. Public and the media has painted Kyrie to be this superstar, which in my mind, he was never a superstar. I think he's a star player, but he's not a superstar. There's a difference. And wow. And and I think with with Kyrie dr- being drafted, number one, I think guys try to live up to being drafted, number one. Um, and if you look at Kyrie's record outside of LeBron, and you take him off of Boston and just go with what Kyrie has done on his own. He's always had a losing record, but that's, that's the elephant in the room. Nobody really wants to address. I don't want nobody to think I don't like Kyrie Irvin. I actually like Kyrie Irvin. I just don't look at him as a superstar. Um, and it's proven right now, the Boston Celtics is more of a team oriented type of uh, organization and Kyrie He's not willing to do that. He's not willing to sacrifice his own statistics, his highlights, his, all of those things come into play and he doesn't know how to balance those and win at the same time. So his team has struggled because of that, because he's taken too many shots. He's not facilitating. I think he lives for the highlight reels and you can see it. I mean, watch the, watch the games. I mean, I, I'm not mm-hmm. making it up. All you gotta do is watch the games. And it's like, you know what, he could have kicked that there. He didn't need that extra. You know, there's just a lot of things in the game that I think is that he, he does is unnecessary.
1: That is a, a crazy take calling him not a superstar. So would you say that Kyrie Irving's not one of the top ten players in the world right now? No, he's not. And, and so they okay, hypothetically speaking, would you take you don't have to name who, but would you take five point guards over Kyrie Irving if you were starting the NBA franchise right now?
0: Yeah, I would.
1: Oh wow, that is a hot take. Alternative fact, Chicago, because there are a lot of people who love Kyrie. I love Kyrie too, but I, I do think he needs to be more of an off the ball player. Obviously, he can't be specifically a shooting guard due right. to him being shorter. But you know, he meshed well with LeBron James because LeBron James played, you know, more like a PG, uh, like a point four type role, yeah. and he played off the ball where I think he was most successful at, especially in the playoff runs with Cleveland, which could be why all the rumors of you know, potential Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving pairing in New York may come to fruition because obviously, you know, Durant can play point, you know, point forward as well again, and Kyrie can kind of be that Robin type role. I feel like that might be the best role for him suited to be successful, as opposed to being ball dominant and, and shooting the ball, and not getting others involved as much. I feel like that's a detriment to why the Celtics are not winning because you mentioned, you know, they play so much better as a team when almost he's not on the floor as opposed to on it. Would you agree with that? Yeah, the proof is in the pudding.
0: This is this is just if you just watch the game. They were better last year with Terry Rozier running mm-hmm. the ball, and they were actually better with Isaiah Thomas as well. I mean, that's just the facts.
1: I, I can't doubt that, you know, looking at record, how they played. I mean, obviously they made, what, the conference finals last year. Almost, nearly made the NBA Finals, and it, this is just surprising to see if they go down in five games. Because I don't, I didn't expect that. Even if you know, being what a fourth or fifth seed, I was like, you know, they're gonna turn it on the playoffs. And, and looking that they played an injury, you know, uh, Pacer's team, maybe that just wasn't really who the the Celtics really are. That's just what it is, and and, and you playing against a
0: tough Milwaukee team, and I just think Milwaukee smells blood, and I think, I think, I
1: think Boston loses tonight. And so you think they're done? It's over? I think they're done. And and Kyrie's out of there after this season, or do you think he comes back? No, he's not going back to Boston. (laughs) He's on that first plane to vacation, and he might not even go back to Boston to pack his bags. He might just say, you know what, deliver it to where I go play next. Yeah, I I would
0: see him (laughs) get on a private jet after they lose tonight to Milwaukee.
1: We shall see. I'm hoping we get another game out of this, but you know what? You might be right. But obviously, by the time this airs, we'll have uh, the final of the game. But in regards to the Toronto series, Kawhi Leonard has just been playing amazing, and I've seen your hot takes. You know, on your YouTube show, obviously on Twitter as well. And, yeah. and not to say that you know Kawhi Leonard is Michael Jordan or is the next Michael Jordan. I know you did not say that, so we're yeah. not going to go saying that. But I know you have mentioned that he's been playing. Jordan-esque, and that's gotten a lot of attention. Why do you think that's how he's playing right now?
0: Well, I, I think he's always been a great player. I just think that now that he's um, pretty much has a team to himself, he's able to showcase how good he really is. And if you if you really dig into Kawhi's tape, if you dig, dig into his tape, you'll see that he patters his game after Michael Jordan and after Kobe Bryant. You know, not a lot of dribbles get to your spots. Elevate, um, you know, with with the with the giant hands, the way he plays defense. Um, he he leads with the mysterious greatness about him. I mean, he has some 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 attributes about him that when you watch him play, you'll say, Man, that was that was like MJ. That was like Kobe. Two dribble right pull up, two dribble left pull up, post mm-hmm. fade over the left shoulder, post fade over the right shoulder. Like if you look at how he plays, he's just a more efficient version. At the, right now, and, and he's playing at a high level.
1: I feel like, obviously, he's playing the best of his career. Yeah. And, and it's funny you mentioned that Greg Popovich. You know, he, he said previously that he was more of a system player. But clearly, from what it looks like, not to say he played bad by any means. He was still an all-star, great player in San Antonio. But it just feels like now he's able to be himself, yeah. play freely, almost unstoppable right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 t- I said that on Twitter, and I think people really – you know, you only get so many characters to, on Twitter, so I can't tell the whole story, nor do I want to tell the whole story on Twitter. I give you enough to chew on, to understand. Um, I, I love Greg Popovich, you know, so that I, I have nothing against any of these players or coaches or anything. I just call it how I see it. Um, And, and Popovich didn't come out publicly and say that Kawhi was a system guy, but he didn't defend it either. Right. It was more of a passive aggressive take. And then he did say Kawhi wasn't a good leader. I remember that. So if you're if you're saying a guy is not a good leader, then you must believe in your heart that he's not your number one guy. So obviously that bled over a little bit and it kind of rubbed Kawhi the wrong way. And as a competitor, as a great player, that would rub me the wrong way as well. Like, oh, you don't think I'm a leader. So, you don't. You really think I'm a system guy? Okay, then I'll show you. That's just that's how competitors think. So that's that's the take that I gave
1: on Twitter, but I wasn't going to give more than what I already said. I, I totally agree with that. It's a reason now why he sat out all that time. It, it completely makes sense looking back on it now. All you got to
0: do is just, just just follow the signs, man. Look at how it happened. Look at what went on. And look where Kawhi is. Now, Kawhi's playing with an extra chip on his shoulder. He already played with a chip on his shoulder. He's playing with an extra chip on his shoulder because he wants to show people, I was not a system
1: guy. Give it to us straight, man. Right here, right now, with the Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors, Eastern Conference Finals, be a series that literally anyone wants to watch. Give it to us straight.
0: Yeah, I I look at it. I I picked Toronto to go to the finals back in September, so I'm gonna stick with my pick. Um, but to to see the Bucks and the Raptors go head and head, I just think the ratings will be fantastic. You have uh two terrific teams, but two superstars in Kawhi and the Freak. Both of these guys are like they're freaks in their own nature. So to watch that both of those guys collide, those juggernauts collide. And just to see the storylines behind everything, Coach Bud, Coach Nurse. And I just think it's a fantastic story. And I think the
1: Raptors win in seven. But would the common NBA fan, not say an NBA fan, basketball fan. I know you're a basketball head. You're probably going to love this. Many basketball heads will love this. But for the common fan who may not care about Toronto or Milwaukee, would would they really, really watch this? I know you said it's going to get great ratings, but why is that? Because at the end of the day, you're looking at – Two guys that are that are in the
0: media a lot now. Obviously, Giannis is going to probably win MVP of the league. So you're watching the best player, the most valuable player in the NBA playing against a guy that has changed teams. That's a former finals MVP, two time defensive player of the year. So you you look at the storylines and look at the teams. Both teams play an exciting brand of basketball as well. Neither team plays a dull style. Toronto is fun to watch. Milwaukee is fun to watch. So you're going to see a lot of explosion. You're going to see a lot of offense. You're going to see a lot of superstardom. So it's a must-see, even if you're the casual
1: fan. Should be interesting to watch. And, and briefly, we didn't mention these two teams, but Portland, Denver in a dog fight right now. Win, lose, or draw, whoever comes out of the series. Give us your opinion of who's going to be the best, you know, long term team here and why um, of these two teams. Well, I picked Denver
0: to go to the Western Conference finals in September, so I'm going to stick with that pick as well. Um, But I think Denver has will be I I just think they have more promise. I think they're trending up more than the Portland Trailblazers um the injury to Nurgic really hurt Portland. I think Portland needs to bring in a third guy whoever mm-hmm. that can be. They just don't have a third guy yet. And if you look at all winning teams, championship teams, there's always a third guy. And Portland just doesn't have a third guy. So when you look at the Nuggets, I just think they're a good team. They have a ton of bodies. Um, I just think their promise is better going forward. If they can get Michael Porter Jr. healthy going into next season, I just think Denver is building something, obviously, with the Joker. Then you got Jamal Murray. Those are your two superstars right there. There's trying Mm -hmm. to find that third guy, which it may could be Gary Harris. It may could be Will Barton, but it, it possibly can be Michael Porter Jr. So to go with my theory, every team
1: needs a third guy that can play
0: and Portland only has two.
1: That is a great, great point. They're exciting teams to watch, you know, both teams. Yes. I mean, Damian Lillard is just yes. playing amazing. It's actually been good basketball to watch if you stay up long enough to watch West Coast games. Absolutely. I, I love
0: C.J. McCollum and, and Damian Lillard. Like, I'm a personal fan of them. Like, I would pay to watch those guys play all 82 games. But I'm just speaking outside of outside of that and just speaking strictly basketball – And I got my GM hat on here. If I'm a GM for the Portland Trailblazers, I'm combing the NBA. I'm combing the scouting boards because I have to find a third guy to fit
1: C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard in order for us to move forward. Fair enough. And and I'm shocked, but we've made it almost halfway through um, this episode. I have not mentioned lebron james when talking about the nba which is nuts it's crazy it's never happened almost in previous seasons which you know what i'm okay with i've loved the change but do you feel like the nba playoffs has missed the presence of lebron james
0: no i I don't i don't i think it's a breath of fresh air at the end of the day I, i just think like this is nothing against lebron but i just think i think he gets too much media like he takes away from the other great players that's playing So now we finally get a stage where we get to talk about Damian Lillard. He gets gets to have his moments. We get to talk about Jokic. We get to talk about Kawhi Leonard. I think with LeBron being out, we're able to see how great
1: other players are in this league. Well said. I I, I definitely agree. I think it was a change of pace. And people are probably saying that LeBron's probably unhappy about not playing. He doesn't care. I mean, he's He's in L.A., that, doing you know, episodes of the shop right he's chilling i think he wanted a, a well needed a break. break he needed a break right you, you could tell the way he was ended last season he didn't care he just wanted to get to a break and he'll start fresh and come back probably more rejuvenated than ever you know, right. this upcoming next season i agree uh, absolutely so right now in your mind season and soon who's going to be the nba champion and why yoda i know you're great at predicting things who's going to win the nba championship Man,
0: I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Um, I'm gonna go with the Raptors. Ooh, why is that? I just, I just think that the Raptors. I, I think, and this is barring any injury. If it, if anybody gets injured, main player on their team, then obviously they can't do it. But if they remain healthy, I think the Raptors
1: uh, will win the
0: NBA championship this year.
1: And you, you predicted a lot of things, so I'm, I'm gonna hold you to that. Remember, you said that. Or revisit it, and some of our listeners may come at you if that's not right. But that is a bold prediction.
0: To me, I just think it's it's a basketball prediction,
1: and, and that is fair enough. And speaking of basketball, I mean, when you talk about stats, you're talking about best players in the league. You would think that someone who is a walking triple double like Russell Westbrook would just win or at least get to the NBA Finals time and time again. But he's proving. That that is just not happening. But so, would someone like Russell Westbrook continue losing in the playoffs? Show a player coming up in high school, college, who thinks that being a walking triple double is great for you, but is he proving that that type of basketball will only get you so far?
0: Well, I, first of all, I just think it's unfair to put all of that on Russell Westbrook. Like we we have to take into account that. You know, at the end of the day, you, you, you tell kids to play every possession like it's their last. You, you're supposed to, you're supposed to compete. And I think that Russell Westbrook does all of those things. First of all, he competes every possession. He plays hard. Um, uh, he's not the perfect basketball player, but you know, the, he's, here's a guy that if you put his heart into a lot of guys in the NBA, they will be superstars, you know? So I wanted to get that. I wanted to say that first, but in regards to the triple double being. A wasted stat. I wouldn't say that. I, I just think that we have to look at the scouting department for OKC. We have to look at the guys that they they brought in. And when you see you have a certain player that is as as dynamic as Russell Westbrook, you have to do a better job of surrounding him with the people that are compatible. How the the way he plays, and I just think they don't have enough jump shooters mm-hmm. um, with him. I mean, obviously Paul George is great. But again,
1: name me their third guy.
0: Who was their third guy?
1: So it it just seems like we're at a time where to really, truly win in the NBA. You really have to have that third guy. you got to
0: have a third guy.
1: You can't win in the NBA without
0: a third guy. You know, and then, you know, you got some listeners that may say Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams is not a third guy. He's a good (laughs) player, but he's not a third guy. That's why. OKC tried to bring Carmelo because they wanted a third guy. So anytime you don't have that, you put so much pressure on your two superstars a la CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. So it's just like my theory, if you just look at each team, if you look at each team, the teams that can win have a third guy. Look at the Raptors, Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry. Pascal Siakam.
1: They have a third guy. Mm-hmm.
0: You have to have a third guy in order to win.
1: And I'm glad you mentioned Carmelo Anthony. was even on our list of topics here, but come on, is he going to get a farewell tour like D Wade, like Dirk Nowitzki, like all the other greats of no. recent, or what? No. Why? Come on, man. He he deserves that moment just like the rest.
0: He probably deserves it, but the NBA is not really. You know, they're not. They don't they don't have sympathy you know they, they've they they've already paid you 30 million dollars a year man you, you're okay you can go buy you a fairware tour so i don't think that i don't think they look at it like that but as a as a fan absolutely i i think he deserves that as a fan you know i would like to see him go out on his own terms i believe he still can help uh any team i just think that what happened to Carmelo anthony i don't want to get off the subject but what happened to Carmelo Anthony is basically that the NBA style of play messed up Carmelo Anthony because he was a mid-range player. He was a mid-post iso ball guy on the mid-post and the NBA has gotten away from that style of play. So the type of player he is has become almost extinct. Um, and that's what that's why he hasn't been able to land on the NBA team because he's a ball stopper but he's a mid post ball stopper he doesn't mm-hmm. really help you behind the three-point line and that and he doesn't give you anything um on the defensive end as as far as impact yeah he plays defense and all that but he doesn't have a defensive impact and offensively the game is not played that way anymore so 20 years ago, 15 years ago, Carmelo was built for the NBA, but now the style that he plays is almost extinct. He's like a saber-toothed tiger.
1: <laughs> so you're saying he's done in the NBA?
0: I don't think he's done in the NBA. I think he's going to get one more shot next year, but he's going to he's gonna have to conform his game. Nobody's going to throw you the ball in the midpost and let you jab step 22 times. And take a fadeaway jump shot. The game is not played like that anymore.
1: Yep. And so he would have to adapt his game to get one more, you know, one more season or one more shot on the other team if that actually happens.
0: Yes. If you look at all the players, look at let's take Blake Griffin. Look at the Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. Blake Griffin had to change his game to be compatible for how the NBA is played today. Blake Griffin's like shooting threes now. He's like getting assists. Like he never played that way. So mm-hmm. when you look at a guy like Carmelo Anthony, he's never changed his game. You know, so people mm-hmm. can say what they want. I love Carmelo Anthony. I love them in Syracuse. I think he's a Hall of Famer. But you have to look at the styles. The NBA is all about trends. It's for 10 years. It's about small guards. And then 10 years is about big guards. And then 10 years is about three-point shooting. And then 10 years is about moving the ball around. The NBA is about trends. And right now the trend is three-point shooting and Carmelo doesn't fit that trend.
1: Speaking of trends and three-point shooting, you were always a fan of this guy, Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. Many people doubted his skills coming into the NBA, but you were always a fan. You thought he was a future. So what did you see about his game in college coming out that led you to believe that not only he will be a great player but even a future all-star and what do you think his future outlook is
0: well again i'll go back on what i just said when you look at the trend of nba basketball and if you and you watch how trey young played at the college level you could easily see that his game would translate to the nba style because it's more it's more spread offense it's more three-point shooting and Usually good NBA teams possess dynamic point guard play, and that's what Trey Young is. So I I knew that once he got to the NBA, he actually would be a better player than he was in college. So for me, evaluating Trey Young was the easiest, and easiest evaluation that I've ever done in my life.
1: <laughs> so he, he still should have been the number one pick last year is what he you're should,
0: saying. Absolutely. He should have been the number one pick.
1: Should he win, or at least be called Rookie of the Year?
0: Absolutely. I, I I don't see I I don't see why he shouldn't. I mean, he won Rookie of the Month every month except one, and the one that he didn't win, he should have won. So you you take that in consideration. Secondly, he was second in the NBA in total assists, not not among rookies, among the whole NBA. He played 81 games out of 82. He was very, he was extremely clutch. He had four game winners. He was the best three point shooter outside of 36 feet. That's including Damian Lillard and Steph Curry. He was player of the week in the NBA, not rookie of the week, NBA player of the week. So if you look at the things that he did and the teammates that he had, they all, not all, but four of those guys had career years that was on their way out the league. Detman. Uh, Alex Lynn, Vince Carter wants to come back and play with him. And John Collins averaged 20 and 10. This is because Trey Young inserted himself into that lineup. He had the biggest impact of any rookie to step foot in the NBA since LeBron James.
1: I've seen a lot of my friends say that Luka Doncic would run away with the rookie of the year. And And I just don't see how with all the stats you just ran off and the impact. And I feel like Atlanta is is on the rise right now. Like how do people just say would say that it's a landslide that Luca would win rookie of the year over Trey Young? I just don't see it.
0: No, I don't either. And this is not taking anything from Luka, but I think I think with Luca, at the end of the day, there's not a lot of Lucas in the league. There's not a, a lot of European superstars. So when you get one superstar, you want to make sure that you don't allow that moment to fade away. So I think that. We're trying to ignore Trey Young and give more attention. We're over sensationalizing what Luca did uh, when I think he was expected to do that. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Luca came to the NBA. To me, personally, Luca is not a rookie. To me, he's not a rookie. And I think the NBA needs to change the word rookie because – just because it's your first year in the NBA should make you a rookie. What makes you a rookie is your first time playing professional
1: sports. Absolutely. Okay. I, and I, I totally agree with that. So
0: you understand what I'm saying? So Luca has been getting paid to play basketball for the last four or five years. Trey Young was at his prom two years ago in high school.
1: <laughs> big, big difference right there. And, and speaking of rookies or guys who just can't get together, D'Angelo Russell, had an all-star season. Is he really as stupid as he acts sometimes off the court? Or is he just still just very, very immature? What's his problem?
0: Um, I just think that that's just the, uh, you know, that's just a human mistake. Um, and, and you know what? it's I, I'll say it like this, man. I'm 41 years old. Like, there's things that I've done when I was 22 years old, 23 years old, 24, that we live in a social media. You know, we live in a world where everything's reported everything's uh, sensationalized. And I just think that that was just a, a mistake that he made as a human. I don't think he needs to be condemned for it. Um, I think we, we just need to allow the kid to be a kid. He's 22 years old, or however old he is, and you're going to make mistakes. I just think that since they're professional athlete, it, professional athletes, it gets puts on, it get put on front street. But at the end of the day, he's a human. He made a mistake. He didn't rob anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. You know, so I don't think that it should be as magnified as we try to make it.
1: Well said. And and switching to some NBA draft talk here briefly, Zion Williamson, obviously, of Duke should be and is expected to be the number one pick. And I've seen a lot of reports saying that a lot of people think he would fit well with Trey Young in Atlanta. Do you agree and why? I agree a thousand
0: percent. And this this is this is why I agree. <clears throat> I wanna break it down from Zion's standpoint, because I've already talked about what Trey can do. So when you look you look at a, a player like Zion, here's a kid that doesn't have all the basketball skills, but he has all the basketball intangibles, meaning you don't have to run offensive sets for him. I don't think he's going to be good in the NBA if you made him a number one option. So when you put him with a team like Atlanta, you won't have to run sets for him. You won't have to make him the number one option. He can roam around, be athletic, catch alley-oops, block shots, be entertaining while Trey Young and John Collins are holding the options of scoring down. So you give Zion the ability to roam the floor and just be his athletic self. But if he goes to a team where you're trying to run offensive sets for him, hey, we're throwing it to you, you go one-on-one, I think that's when you set him up for failure. Trey Young possesses magnetism, and when you are around him, you automatically become better.
1: And obviously, if Kyrie goes to New York, okay, they have a point guard, but if Zion goes to New York, Kyrie isn't there, Who's really going to create for Zion to really make him a a better player? Who do they have right now that that can really make him that guy that you're saying he can be? I
0: I don't I don't think New York's a good place for him because they're trying to recruit superstars. So the Knicks are trying to get into the playoffs. They're trying to win a championship. If that's their goal, then Zion isn't the guy you want. You want to go after obviously Kevin Durant. Um, You know, Kyrie Irving. So if you get those two guys, I think putting putting Zion with those two guys, I think he doesn't have a good rookie year because those two guys are not going to try to throw him the ball in that regard. They're going to be like, look, man, we superstars. This is what we do. But if you look at Atlanta, Trey's young. (laughs) That's funny, huh? Trey Young. Young and John Collins is young. So you add Zion. I just think he fits better with the markability, with the storyline, with the narrative for the Atlanta Hawks. And plus, he's from South Carolina.
1: Facts, facts. So if you're starting an NBA franchise today, are you taking R.J. Barrett or Cam Reddish? And why is that? Uh, That's a
0: no brainer for me, Cam Reddish. And I wouldn't lose an ounce of sleep.
1: (laughs) And why is that?
0: So when you, you look at RJ Barrett, I actually I like RJ Barrett. I actually watched him play at Mount Verde not too far from my home. So I watched him in high school and I've always loved his passion for the game, his enthusiasm, his energy and, and his motor. But again, breaking it down from a basketball skill standpoint, um, he still has, you know, the jump shot is still mechanical. Um, The ball handling skills are still mechanical and the decision making is questionable. Now, when you flip the page and you look at a guy like Cam Reddish, this is a kid that I see uh, that is has the highest basketball skill in the draft. He, his ability to handle the ball to get his own shot, his, tradi- his, his mechanics on his jump shooting. And a lot of people are caught up in the analytics with Cam Reddish. Oh, his analytics are not good. I don't care what his analytics say. His basketball ability at six foot nine. You know what? If this is a kid that just doesn't get it, then so be it. But you cannot pass on a talent like Cam Reddish because if you unlock his skill set, if you unlock what he truly is, you are maybe getting a guy
1: that can have flashes of Tracy McGrady. Mm, mm, That is a great prediction. And I know he may be around when a team like the Chicago Bulls might be available. So, obviously, the Chicago-based pod- podcast, what do the Chicago Bulls need to address coming up in the 2019 NBA draft? Well, they need Ja Morant.
0: That's who they need. You you have to you have to start your franchise with a dynamic point guard. And I believe ja is the only dynamic point guard in this draft, but I really like Darius Garland as well. So, don't get me mixed up on that. I like Darius Garland. Um, he, there's a small sample size, but I think the Bulls need to address the point guard issue, and you combine John ja Morant, who's a pass-first exciting point guard. He He's a lot like John Wall. I think mm-hmm. you pair him with Zach Levine, and you may have the most explosive backcourt um, in the NBA in regards to their athletic ability. So the Bulls need to either look for John ja Morant or Cam Reddish, those two guys will be um, home runs for that organization.
1: So you're saying that Chris Dunn, their incubate point guard right now, just really isn't the long-term answer for the Chicago Bulls.
0: No, he's a backup point guard. He's, you know, coming out of college, and you you can look at the search engine and look at my tweets. I wasn't a huge Chris Dunn guy in regards to he's not a, like, he doesn't have superstar written on him. But he's he's an NBA player. Don't get me wrong; he's a great defender. But I just think that when you're looking to win games, Chris, uh, Chris, Chris Dunn is a guy that you need coming off the bench.
1: Don't disagree with that. I know a lot of Bulls fans still believe in him, but we just haven't really seen the results on the court as of yet. So time will tell. I do agree that they need to upgrade. The point guard spot and Cam Reddish will be great there. I feel like in Chicago, the fans would embrace him. He'd be a great fit for that city.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think he will be. I think he'll be great in Chicago as well.
1: And I feel like John Morant. If the Phoenix Suns get the number two pick, I feel like he's a lock there to go and play with Dever Booker. What, what's your thoughts on that?
0: I think he's a lock to go number two as well. I think if the, I think if the Bulls get the number two pick or the Suns, you know, I think they get serious. I mean, they'll have to flip a coin between him and Cam Reddish. But the fact that Ja Morant plays the point guard position, I think he gets the nod because he plays the point guard position. Um, but if the Phoenix gets the number two pick, I think it's
1: a lot for them to take Ja. Facts. And we got to briefly talk about, you know, our homegrown team, Detroit Pistons. Outside of them hiring you as a general manager, <laughs> what do they need to do to stop blowing draft picks?
0: Yeah, like you said, you, you, that starts up top. You, you gotta, and this is for all, all the NBA teams. You have to start hiring people who can do the job. Um, and it starts in the scouting department because scouting, let me tell you something about scouting. It's meticulous. It's tedious. And it's something that's not for everybody, even though people think they want to do it. You have to have an eye for it. You have to want to study tape. You have to know, have a feel for the game. And I don't think that every NBA team has somebody in their offices that has those characteristics. So speaking of the Detroit Pistons, I don't think they have anybody that's in their organization that has those characteristics in the scouting department because they either that or the person's not strong enough or they don't respect that person enough. To go into the into the office with the GM and say, hey, look, you have to draft Cam Reddish here at four. Are you you're you're sure about that, Rashad? I'm a hundred percent sure. I think a lot of guys are just too afraid. They just want to keep their job and they're not a, they're they are not they they do not want to go out on a limb and say what their eyes see, or they just missing it and the team suffers because of that. Somebody has to be brave enough to look at these prospects and walk in the GM's office and say, this is the guy you need to draft. And if you don't draft him, he's going to come back and bite us.
1: Yeah, I was looking at like the last five, six, or seven first-round picks. Most are either backups, barely in the league or even out of the league. I mean, how can you get it wrong year after year after year after year, you know, in in the NBA draft? It's not get one pick right. Something has to be fundamentally wrong up top, like you mentioned.
0: Yeah, I mean, think about it. Uh, I, I mean, I, Luke Kennard. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> like that pick. Like, why would you draft Luke Kennard? You know, and this uh, Luke has slow feet. He has a short wingspan. He doesn't have the speed. So I just didn't. I just think that wasn't the pick. I thought Luke Kennard was a second-round pick. That's what. That's the grade I gave him. I thought he was a second-round pick.
1: Facts and, and keep it in the state of Michigan, obviously for this upcoming draft. Uh, Michigan basketball, Jordan Poole, Iggy Brasdikas, Charles Matthews have all declared for the draft. So of the three, if maybe all three, who do you really think needed one more year of college basketball and why? I think Matthews needed another year. Um, I just, you know, I think
0: that he he was too inconsistent throughout the season. And I don't really know what he's great at yet. You know, when you're looking at these prospects, what I try to do is. I try to find something that that player was great at. And I still can't put my finger on, is he a great ball handler? Is he a great scorer? Is he a great defender? I I still don't think he has found that niche yet. But he does remind me a lot of Gary Harris. I think he can be that type of NBA player. But I I think out of the three, he should have been the one to come back to school.
1: So you think Jordan Poole actually has a bright future uh, in the NBA? Or what do you think his future outlook is?
0: I don't really want to say like, you know, I think it's too early for those guys because those guys are not like superstars of, the, of college basketball. So you really can't say, are they going to be, you know, uh, bright stars in the NBA? I just think that when he gets his opportunity, depending on the team it is, I think he has a great skill set of, he you know, he can get his own shot. And that's, that's what he's great at is getting his own shot. So I believe that's his best skill. And if he gets the opportunity, I believe he can be a player that can stick in the NBA.
1: This has been great. You know, your insight is always welcome and appreciated. Very, very great mind. You know exactly what you're talking about. So for those that don't know, let's talk about you and your future. We know you're an Orlando Magic Insider featured on Spectrum 13. I know that station is doing very, very well. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Spectrum 13 is is the the, the number one um sports station in central Florida and it's 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 been, you know, fantastic for us to be able to, you know, have these relationships with 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 the the Orlando Magic and and throughout Central Florida. And it's I mean it's it's fun. Like I I went to a lot of people don't know this about me, but I I went to I went to college for this. Like I love broadcasting journalism and liberal arts communication. So, you know, I'm kind of right in my wheelhouse with this. So everything's for me. It's just coming back tenfold. I tell kids this all the time when you go to college, make sure you pick the right major, make sure you get your education and make sure you do it with the right purpose. And and right now, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to be a living testament of a guy who went to college and actually picked the right major because I'm actually doing exactly what I went to school to become when my career was over. And that's
1: in the media. And you're doing a great job. Rising stars media. What do you think's next for you, man? What's your future your future outlook? What do you want to do next with it? Um, there's there's
0: there's so many things that that's on the table for me right now. I wish I could I wish I could tell you. But there's a lot of things on the table for me that will be coming out in the next, you know, couple months that you will see that and that question will be answered in the next couple <laughs> of months.
1: Okay. Okay. And I know you're on to bigger and better things, so wouldn't doubt you for one second. Lastly, your YouTube sports show, Sports Talk two three one nine, is popular, garners a lot of attention. You do a lot of studies on players, both college and the NBA. Why should our listeners watch and catch that show?
0: Well, when you when you when you tune into Sports Talk twenty three nineteen, the first thing that you're going to get is a person that's authentic that really loves the game. Um, I'm always going to tell it like it is, and I'm I'm going to give a platform to every player and that's what this is why i started sports talk 2319 is to give every player every college basketball player every nba player a platform to be showcased on and um it's it's doing well and um i hope you guys can join me on the show and continue to support me i'm independent i'm doing everything on my own i write my own material i come up with my own graphics i come up with my own thoughts and um i just think that 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 hasn't that's not been done a lot in the media world where a guy just kind of does everything on his own.
1: Great guy. Great dude to know. Uh, We got connected through our guy, Tyrone Jordan. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Ty's a man. I know he'll be listening to this thought he promoted on his social media. So good dude as well. We appreciate you always coming on to alternative fact Chicago. We'll love to get you back on again at some point. We'll always follow your journey. Never forget us. As, as you blow up, you know we'll always remember you know you being on the show. But before we get you about it here, I know you got to catch the playoffs. Do some critique in there. Where can the fans and the listeners of Alternative Fact Chicago find you on social media?
0: You can find me on Twitter, uh, RP3Natural, and you can find me on Instagram, RashadPhillips2319.
1: There it is. So make sure you check them out. This has been a great discussion. Once again, definitely want to thank you for coming, to Alternative Fact Chicago. We appreciate it. And hopefully, I'll remember you said this, your prediction of the Toronto Raptors, right? I'll definitely be tweeting you about this. Talk soon. <laughs> love it. So this has been I'll Alternative Fact Chicago, Episode 88. Kate will be back next week for Episode 89. You enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Enjoy basketball. And we will be back next week. But we love you all, and have a great one. Peace.